Welcome to the Encounter Church Podcast. For more information about our church and service times, please visit revival.me. Enjoy the message. Now the Lord said to Samuel, How long will you mourn for Saul, seeing I have rejected him from reigning of his reigning over Israel. And then here's what he told him. Fill your horn with oil and go. I'm sending you to Jesse, the Bethlehemite, for I have provided myself or seen myself a king among his sons. Can you say amen? Amen. Lord, thank you for the word this morning. I just pray for a real, real good time together for the rest of our time, this service. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, 9 a.m., you're blessed um, because you get the sermon first, so you get the fresh manna. Next service, I got to try to do the whole sermon all over again. (laughs) Tell the same jokes, you know, it's just, it's not as fun. It's funner with you, so this is a special moment. This is, you're special, you know. Um, Don't tell the 11 a.m. service, but you are my favorite service. And some of you guys are like, sometimes I come to the 11. Well, then, you know. So I want to I talk to you about worship, and um, I wanted to start with the scripture because I feel like it's important to lay a little bit of a foundation uh, of what we see in the Old Testament with King David. It's so beautiful to see uh, the types and shadows in the Old Testament. Now, how many know that when we read the scripture, uh, the scripture is inspired and authoritative? It's the inspired word of God, and it points to the eternal word, Jesus Christ. Can you say amen? Amen. And when we see these types and shadows, how many know that David is a type and a shadow of Jesus? And uh, and so there's some beautiful things that we can pick up on. And and mostly I want to talk about David and his heart that was fashioned like God's heart. And his heart for worship. His heart that loved the presence of the Lord. That as a New Testament Christian, we should have the same heart. A heart that longs for fellowship with God, that longs to commune with God and experience His love in a real and tangible way. How many know that in, in, as Christians, we're not just supposed to read a few scriptures and say, oh, that's nice, that was good for them, or look throughout church history and say, oh, that was really cool, that revival was nice. But how many know God has something for us in our time, in our day, right now and there's a season and there's some prophetic things about this where the the prophet uh gets rebuked by the lord if you will you know with with things that are going on in the world um you know some people think it's like well you know we're just going to get up out of here you know god's coming back jesus is coming back and but how many know that it's it's in times of distress that god likes to move through his people We're in an Esther moment for such a time as this where his people are going to shine. His people are not going to be silent. Come on, somebody. His people are going to stand up for righteousness and they're going to love. And they're they're not going to be afraid. Um, And and at any cost, no matter the cost, we want to be in the presence of the king. And, And so Samuel gets rebuked. How long will you mourn for Saul? I feel like sometimes we mourn or we, we grieve that we weren't a 
part of some past revival or some old wineskin and 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 he's getting rebuked like how long he's telling the prophetic voices and i believe god tells the prophetic voices in the body of christ how long will you keep looking at this old wineskin wishing that you were part of it he says how long will you mourn for saul he's like his his season is over and i got a new breed of leader that i'm raising up and he's a worshiper <laughs> He's a warrior, and he loves my presence. And so Jesse is told by the Lord, fill your horn with oil. It's not the Hebrew word shofar, but it's another word that's used. Uh, it was probably more like a cow's horn or an ox horn. And uh, how many know what a shofar is? A shofar is the instrument that some people like to bring to church when they're not a part of the worship team, and they'll just blow it, and it's like in a different key, and... The, the worship leader or whoever's on the keys is playing a B flat and the, and the shofar's in an entirely different key. And it's like, what is the noise that's happening right now? Uh, how many know it's an instrument though, right? And, and it's, there's nothing holier than that than it is to have a keyboard or any other instrument. As a matter of fact, your voice is a holy instrument. And, and God can use a whisper and he can use a shout. And, and, but the shofar, the, the horn was used to release a sound of worship. But in this text here, it's interesting. The horn was used to fill with oil. Oil that would anoint a king or a priest. And the prophet is told, how long are you going to mourn over this old wineskin? I have a new breed of leader. So fill your horn, horn with oil and Go. I'm sending you to Jesse the Bethlehemite. So how many know the rest of the story? Read it later. We're going to read through some psalms here in just a minute. But So he, he comes and finds Jesse and his sons. And he sees one of the first sons who's yoked. Come on, somebody. He works out. And, and God's like, don't, don't look at just his stature. Don't look at just his outward appearance. Look at his heart. Because I'm looking at the heart. Then he goes through, and none of the sons are the one. Out of all the brothers, it's David. It's the little guy who's ruddy and handsome with bright eyes. Look just like me. Come on, somebody. I really believe that. Ruddy. Got a little red in the beard. Comes down with bread and cheese. You remember that, that part of the, the story, you know, with, uh, with Goliath. So David comes down and... Uh, God says, that's the one. That's the one I want you to anoint. And so Saul anoints David as king. And there's a unique and specific anointing that came through the reign of David. And worship is such an important part of it. And I want to talk to you about this, this mystery, this, this kingdom dynamic of worship and the reign of the kingdom of God. The rule of God's government that happens and that is manifested through our worship and our praise. Our acknowledgement of who God is. And how many know worship is not just a, like a thing that happens before the message. Worship is our entire lives. But it also is music and song and psalms. Come on. Worship can happen like as, as, as uh, a husband loves his wife. That, that's honoring and glorifying God. That's worship. Can you say amen? 
a, a, a father and a mother loving their kids. That's worship because it's honoring to the Lord. Giving to the poor is lending to the Lord. That's worship. It's a fragrant offering to the Lord. But there also is this element of worship where our hearts are oriented at heaven and we are releasing a song and a sound. And there's something about this heart of David, this new breed of leader, this new wineskin, this new... A leader that, that God is raising up in the earth that love the presence of the, the Lord, that, that are marked to, uh, to be in his presence, and that are people that are after his heart. You know that scripture where it says that, you know, I found a man after my own heart? God is saying, I found a man who has a heart like mine. God wants people to have hearts like his. And I want to talk to you about worship. One, one scripture I have to talk about because I was going to jump to this later. But it's Psalm 37.3. And I want to read it in the Passion Translation. There's something that helps us in worship. Uh, it's, it could be like a, a foundation of worship, if you will. Something about thinking about the faithfulness of God. It's almost like if you want to saturate your steak in butter and Worcester and garlic and make an au jus for your prime dry-aged ribeye. Are you all with me? Like, nobody wants a dry, overcooked steak, right? Who, who loves dry, overcooked steaks? Okay. Nobody wants a dry life without worship. But when you're, when you're saturated, listen... When you feed on the faithfulness of God, that's the ingredients of that saute over your life. It's like you think about, oh man, I remember that one time I had nothing and God broke through and he provided for me. Put, put that garlic in the butter and let it sizzle. And then you start thinking about all the other times. Oh, I remember that one time I had a burden and I just didn't know what to do. And then Jesus came and whispered in my ear, it's all going to be okay. And the burden just lifted away. I'll just put a little red wine in that au jus. Every ingredient, the faithfulness of God, are the, that's the ingredients to this, this saturation of worship over our life. You see, the Bible teaches us in this Psalm 37.3 to trust the Lord and do what is right in His eyes. Fix your heart on the promises of God and you will dwell in the land feasting on His faithfulness. Feast on the faithfulness of God. How many know He's faithful? Faithful. And even when we're faithless, He's faithful. Think about the faithfulness. Listen, trusting is not understanding something, but rather standing under someone. Amen. Trusting is not trying to figure it all out. Amen. Trusting is standing under the one who is faithful. Yes. And we feast on the faithfulness of God. And our lives should be saturated in worship, just like a good steak that's not overcooked should be saturated in a wonderful au jus with peppercorn, I only had a banana today, and I know it's breakfast time, but some of y'all like steak and eggs, and those are the ones that are getting what I'm saying right now. I remember last week, it was my birthday, and uh, I remember it was my birthday. It's not my birthday now, and so now I'm sad, but it's like post-Christmas. Like, what do you do between Christmas and New Year's? And in Rochester, you got to leave your tree up until March to get you through the season. Every day is Christmas. 
Come on, somebody, right? <laughs> but uh, Mark, he's like, you going to have some steak today? And I'm like, I don't know. I haven't thought about it. I decided to go down to Wegmans and get me a dry prime ribeye steak. And it was so good. But how many know that our lives sometimes can be dry of worship? And we don't know. It's like, I, I don't feel like worshiping right now. I don't have a song to sing. I don't have a sound to make. I don't know what to say. But if you just take a moment and trust, which is not understanding everything, but standing under the one who's faithful, and you feed on his faithfulness, something happens on the inside of you. We wrote a song, uh, myself and another uh, worship leader in Las Vegas, a couple other worship leaders, and it's called Lover of Lovers. And uh, I think Tim did it a couple, the team did it a couple uh, weeks ago or a few weeks ago. And there was this part where we're singing. uh, The the bridge is, there is no other, help me out, there is no other uh, lover of lovers. You're higher than blessing, you're higher than praise. And the song goes totally vertical. And and the, the song is about God being our friend. God, you are my God, you are my friend. You're my lover. And, and it's about this revelation of God just being so good in any season, in any situation. And when we recorded this song, there was a spontaneous moment where all we could sing is, you are faithful. He is faithful. He is faithful. And sometimes when you don't have anything to sing, just feast on the faithfulness of God. Can you say amen? I want to jump to Psalm 22. I want to read a couple of verses. The Bible talks about this psalm is the suffering, praise, and posterity of the Messiah. Psalm 22 is very profound. It's one of the psalms that Jesus actually recites the beginning of while he's on the cross, bloody and bruised and pierced. And he says, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? In the New Testament time, uh, when the New Testament was written, in Jesus' time, When somebody were to recite, if somebody said the beginning of a psalm, it'd be like saying Psalm 22. It isn't necessarily just quoting one verse, but the entire psalm is significant, not just the first verse. And we're going to jump through this psalm just a little bit. It's interesting, later on, the psalm, it says that he will not hide his face from me. A lot of times we read the one verse and think, well, God the Father forsook Jesus. You know, the Bible says that he will not hide his face from him. You know, even when Jesus said, I'm going to go to the cross and y'all are going to leave me, but he said, my Father will not leave me alone. Isn't it interesting though? we have a theology, well, God left Jesus. You can't separate the Trinity. In one element, in the humanity of Christ, he felt the abandonment and the forsakenness of what it feels like to be in our darkness and our sin because he went all the way in it. But in another sense, Jesus could not, cannot be separated from the Father. He and the Father are one. And so the psalm isn't just about, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And Jesus was forsaken so that we can't be. Listen, there's something powerful about this psalm that help us posture our hearts in a place of praise. So it's the suffering praise and posterity of the Messiah. And this is what it says, to the chief musician, set to... The deer of the dawn. In other words, it's almost like this is what a lot of scholars believe. The psalm, the words of the psalm, he's telling them 
This is the tune I want you to play when you sing this song. There are songs for seasons. There are sounds for seasons. It's not always jump up and down, holler, praise the Lord. Sometimes it's mourning. Sometimes there's a sound of a minor chord where your heart begins to weep and and you begin to burn before the Lord. There's songs for seasons. And it's important we know this in our life. And when we read the Psalms, we know there's songs for seasons and moments in life that we can recite and we can be honest with God because we can't sit here and stand before God and be like, God, you know, uh, everything's fine. And it's like when you walk up to somebody in a church and how you doing, brother? Well, I'm blessed and highly favored. And you see a Pharisee smile going on. How many know sometimes you're not, you don't feel blessed and highly favored. So it's okay to say, hey, I'm actually going through it. See, worship puts us in a place of honesty. And the psalmist says, my God, why does it feel like you're not there? It's okay to be honest with God. The scripture even says, like, he knows what you're going to ask before you even ask. So you might as well just say what he knows you want to really say in prayer and in worship. God, it feels like you're not around. Hello? Worship is the first place that we step in to God in a relationship with God where we're totally transparent before him. Totally honest before him. God feels like you're not around. And that's what the psalm starts with. But there's a distinct sound. There's a distinct melody, if you will, that the psalmist prescribes for these lyrics. Maybe it was something that grabbed the strings of our heart differently. The sound. You know, there's different melodic sounds that, you know, music is amazing and music was designed and made to, to worship God. Uh, even if you look at the word music, it comes from the muses. Originally, there was three of them. It's almost like a counterfeit trinity because in a full major chord, you have three notes. And so there's like this beautiful harmony that comes through music because it's designed to worship God. Music was made to worship. And so the psalmist says, listen, this is the tune I want you to sing this. So he says, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why are you so far from helping me and from the words of my groaning? Oh my God, I cry in the daytime, but you do not hear. And in the night season, and I am not silent. But look at verse 3. But you are holy enthroned on the praises of Israel. But you are wholly enthroned on the praises of Israel. Another translations might say, you inhabit the praises of your people. See, praise brings us to a place where a distinct manifestation of God's presence and rule comes and is released. The word inhabit means to sit down, to remain, to settle, or marry. God inhabits, God rests upon and remains and settles when we praise. Even in the midst of feeling like he's not even around. A praise that not only is, by the way, like a lot of times I think our praise 
it's a, it's a pre-rehearsed praise. You know, we see the words on the screen. I think the words help, especially if you don't know the song, right? We always like to sing new songs, so it's important. But, but God doesn't want you to get stuck in a pre-rehearsed praise. God never wants us to get stuck in some praise where it's like, oh, we're just reciting something. The word praise in this text is tahila. Say it with me. Say tahila. Someone said tequila. No, you didn't get it right. That ain't right. Don Julio, 1942. Cut it out. Tahila. No, it's, ta- it's tahila. It means a spontaneous praise of adoration. In other words, when I don't feel like God's around, I'm going to praise him anyways. And it's a place where your heart just releases adoration to the king of glory. It's where you just begin to lift up the name of Jesus when you don't have any words. And the Bible says when it feels like God's not around, but you're still holy and you're still worthy of my praise. And God inhabits that praise. God, His presence and His rule is released in that praise. This is a holy prescription to seeing freedom in times of brokenness, loneliness, confusion, oppression, and bondage. Worship anyways. Can you say amen? There's a spontaneous praise that we've got to learn. You know, I love this, this community. Before I came here, before we came and, and uh, became the senior pastors, I came here uh, years ago and, uh, for a conference. And I remember a lot of the congregations here and, and worshiping. And I, I got to help with worship. And I remember hearing the sound and the song of this house. And I remember hearing the river, experiencing the river of the spontaneous praise that came forth in a holy moment of worship. Sometimes it takes churches years, and it may have taken years. This church has been around for a long time. Come on, somebody. And, and there's a deep well of worship here. Can you say amen? amen? But we must value that, honor that, but also participate. Sometimes it's hard for us in those moments where, like, what are they doing right now? Especially, like, I don't speak in tongues. Like, what are they doing singing in that weird language? Like, just, release, just say, I love you, Lord. To the melody. Just sing out. Begin to release a spontaneous praise and watch God's rule and reign invade your life like never before. Come on, somebody. Now, I want to jump over to Psalm 84. We're going to read, I'm going to read a few verses in the New King James, and then I'm going to read a few in another translation. This is so powerful. And the Lord has been speaking to me this week about the valley of weeping. Like there's something, and I think the church is in a season right now where we need the Davids that God has anointed to release a song in the valley of weeping and turn it into an oasis. Come on. The body of Christ, I read a thing this morning, man, about a church, a church that was martyred just, just like the la- within the last 48 hours. And it just grieved my heart. And I'm thinking about like our, our small little things that we go through in life. And we have Christians in Afghanistan that are giving their lives and not denying their Lord. And their blood is being spilt because of a demonic, demonic doctrine of devils, false religion. And this story that I read, this article, the phone was on and they could hear the family in the church. It was an underground church and It says the boldness came upon one of the leaders. 
And they began to like speak the name of Jesus and they wouldn't deny Jesus. And they were worshiping and they were praising right before they were martyred. It was incredible. Like, there's something about the valley of weeping, though, where God, how many know that it, there, it's a mystery that He is near to the brokenhearted? Yeah. He's touched with the feeling of our infirmities. I don't know about you, but not only in my personal experience when I go through hard times, but when I see people go through hard times, I sense Jesus so close. There's been times that, like, you know, praying for somebody in the hospital or whatever, and and the presence of the Lord is so tangible. It's like Jesus is way closer, and I know Jesus lives in all of us, but it was almost like Jesus is so real and so close to this person that's going through suffering. There's a manifestation of the fragrance of Jesus in that brokenness. And this psalm is... It's one of those psalms, and there's this where it talks about this proverbial valley of weeping. The, the valley of going through, I, I read one thing on it, and they wrote the pit of despair. How many know that Princess Bride? Come on, somebody. <laughs> the pit of despair. Have, how many have ever gone through the pit of despair? <laughs> and that's what this psalm is. There's times in life, and listen, it might not be like, oh, I'm not being martyred, so I have no reason. No, sometimes you just go through stuff, right? And worship is the key. I'm telling you, church. Releasing a sound of praise, even in the midst of brokenness. I'm going to start reading from verse 1, or verse 5. Y'all ready? Psalm 84. Blessed is the man whose strength is in you. No, I'm going to start at verse 1. Sorry. How lovely is your tabernacle, O Lord of hosts. My soul longs, yes, even faints for the courts of the Lord. My heart and my flesh cry out for the living God. Even the sparrow has found a home and the swallow a nest for herself where she may lay her young. Even your altars, O Lord of hosts, my King and my God. Blessed are those who dwell in your house, for they will still be praising you. Selah. Pause and think about it. Pause in the presence of the Lord. He says, verse 4, I want to read it again to you. Blessed are those who dwell in your house. They will still be praising you. And I'm going to start reading verse 5 in the Passion Translation. This is so good. How enriched are they who find their strength in the Lord. Within their hearts are the highways of holiness. Look at verse 6 in the Passion. Even when their paths wind through the dark valley of tears, they dig deep to find a pleasant pool where others find only pain. He gives to them a brook of blessing filled from the rain of an outpouring. They grow stronger and stronger with every step forward. And the God of all gods will appear before them in Zion. Verse 8, hear my cry, O God of heaven's armies, God of Jacob, listen to my loving prayer. Pause in his presence. Verse 9, I love this. God, your wraparound presence is our defense. 
in your kindness, look upon the faces of your anointed ones. Verse 10, for just one day of intimacy with you is like a thousand days of joy rolled into one. I'd rather stand at the threshold in the front of the gate beautiful, ready to go and worship my God than to live my life without you in the most beautiful palace of the wicked. Better is one day in your presence than a lifetime without your presence. I'd rather be a doorkeeper. You know, there's so much revelation in that little, that little text. You could just un, we could unpack it and, and talk about how a doorkeeper might not be valued the way somebody else would be valued, like in a church setting. You know, you have a greeter at the front door. But you have somebody, obviously it's different now, but you have somebody who preaches. And like w- w- sometimes we have this longing in our heart for position or a title. But David's like, I'd rather be a doorkeeper. I just want to be in your presence. Amen. And this heart of worship, feeding on his faithfulness, praising him in the midst of any situation, even when it feels like God's not around, a spontaneous praise, honest heart. There's something about going through the valley of weeping and turning it into an oasis. See, when I don't see clouds in the sky spiritually and I don't feel any rain pouring out, I will praise and let a river flow out of my belly. Hello? How many times do you see in the Bible where King David encouraged himself in the Lord? The Hebrew word is hazak, so it's easy for me to remember. My name is Zach. Ha, Zach, just encourage yourself. Come on, somebody. When there's no clouds in the sky, which you you don't even know what that means, do you? Because we're in Rochester. In Vegas, though, sometimes there's no clouds and it's dry. But how many know that when we need spiritual outpouring, we want refreshing, but it feels dry? We worship and a river flows out of our belly and brings refreshing. It, It turns the valley of weeping into an oasis of refreshing that it happens in our praise and in our worship. Listen, there's a specific sound. You know, not just the spontaneous moments, but learn to allow the sound of your voice, the breath that God has given you, give it back in praise and release the specific sound that changes the atmosphere and changes your perspective in life. I'm telling you, there are times where, even as a worship leader, and I'm leading worship, and I'm just singing the song. Don't just sing the song. Don't just say something. Have something to say. Don't just sing the lyrics. Sing it like you mean it, from your belly and from your gut. And if it's a specific song that gets you through a valley, release it, because there's a specific cry in our own voice that releases and shifts the atmosphere. It's a sound that silences the enemy. Come on. we got to give it back in praise. Every breath that's given to us. Abba, I belong to you. I remember this moment about three months ago. I had COVID. I was sick, and it was like one of the worst days. Uh, and it was the same day that our beloved Josiah youth pastor was getting married. I missed his wedding. I was so sad. So I'm laying in bed with a fever while he's getting married. Oh, life is so good for him. And I'm laying in bed sick. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> just, he did send me a sweet text, though. Love you, pastor. Sorry you can't make it. 
But I remember feeling like I was getting worse and worse and worse. And it was becoming difficult to breathe. And I'm like, nah, I'm not going down this road. If it gets worse, I'm, I'm going to the doctor, you know. And I, and I prayed the Abba prayer. You know what the Abba prayer is? You read it in Brennan Manning's book, The Furious Longing of God, Abba's Child. It was a prayer he prescribed to people that were broken and in need of wholeness. And I needed wholeness. I needed fear to leave me. I needed to set my heart on him. And the prayer was this. When you inhale, you pray, Abba, Papa, Daddy. This is the prayer that Jesus taught us to pray to the Father. When you exhale, you pray, I belong to you. And I was laying in bed and I just, every breath, Abba, I belong to you. Abba, I belong to you. Within 24 to 48 hours, I took a turn for the better. Come on. I began to turn a corner on the sickness that was trying to steal my breath. This demonic spirit, this python spirit, trying to steal my breath. Don't let, and it, while you still have breath, always give it back in praise. And that was the decision I had to make to give it back in praise. With every breath that comes forth, we give it back in praise. There's a sound that bursts forth that changes the atmosphere. This is where we understand He inhabits our praise. Every voice lifted and we experience His presence together. See, there's a prophetic sound that silences the enemy. When you don't have any words to say, just give it back in praise. When, you're, when you find yourself empty and alone, just give it back in praise. When you look around and see no way through a valley, give it back in praise. If there's nothing but sound of confusion around you, give it back in praise. See, that release the song and the sound of heaven. The Bible says, let God arise and his enemies be scattered. Deuteronomy 28 says the Lord will cause your enemies to be defeated before your face. Come on, somebody. They'll come out against you one way and scatter seven ways. There's something about when you're hungry for something, just feast on his faithfulness. Come on. Weeping is for a night, but joy comes in the morning. Late in the midnight hour, God's going to turn it around. Come on, somebody. He's going to work in your favor. When you don't understand what's going on, stand under the one who's got you. Come on. The one who is faithful. Don't be silent. Release worship. Your worship is a weapon, and you were made for praise. You were made for praise. The Bible commands us to praise. The Bible says, Hallelujah, which is a command. Praise the Lord. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. So if you got breath in your lungs in this place, as we close this service, I want you to lift up a shout. Come on, a shout. I will bless the Lord at all times and his praise will continually abide in my mouth. Come on, clap your hands, all ye people, and shout unto God with a voice of triumph. Come on, give 
that breath he gave you back in praise. It doesn't matter what I'm going through. I'm going to give it back in praise. Come on. It doesn't matter if I feel like God's not around. I'm going to give it back in praise. It doesn't matter if I'm going through the valley of weeping and I don't know where to turn and I feel oppressed and depressed. I'm going to give it back in praise because praise steals the avenger. Come on. Praise silences the enemy. Hey. There's something about worship that scatters the plans of the enemy. It's like the enemy's ability to have radars just sapped. Imagine a, a jet. My Bible study teacher used to put it this way. It's like a jet fighter all of a sudden loses all its power. Just flies right into the ground. When you worship, the enemy's strategies fly right into the ground. Jesus said, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. That wasn't just something that happened before. That was because they went out and they cast devils out. And there was a principality that was zapped to the ground. Give it back in praise. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul, and all that's within me. Bless His holy name. To worship you, I live. I live to worship you. Praise the Lord. Psalm 149. Sing to the Lord a new song. His praise in the assembly of the saints. Let Israel rejoice in their maker. Let the children of Zion be joyful in their king. Come on. Let them praise with the dance. Let them sing praises to him with the timbrel and the harp and all the instruments. Come on. For the Lord takes pleasure in his people. <laughs> the Lord takes pleasure in his people. Either they're martyred in Afghanistan or oppressed in another country. The Lord takes pleasure in his people. Rise up and give him praise because he is faithful and he is good. Come on. Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will not fear evil. Come on. Because he's with me. He's for me. And if he's for me, who can be against me? Let the saints be joyful in glory. Let them sing aloud on their beds. Let them sing aloud on their beds. I didn't have a song to sing when I was laying in bed three months ago. But I said, Abba, I belong to you. Amen. And then strength came with every step to where I can sing, to where I can worship. And now I won't be silent. <laughs> Let the high praises of God be in their mouth and a two-edged sword in their hand. This is spiritual warfare to execute vengeance on the nations and punishments on the peoples to bind their kings with chains and their nobles with fetters of iron to execute on them the written judgment. This honor have all the saints. Praise the Lord. Come on and give them a shout of praise. Let the spirit of worship and the spirit of praise come forth out of our hearts we join our hearts we join our lives come on lift your hands and worship let's seal this moment of worship right now before you're dismissed let's worship together come on hi pastor zach here at encounter church in rochester new york hope you were blessed by that message and we want to give you an opportunity to sow into the ministry if you'd like to if you would just go to revival Dot me and click on the button that says give. 
Thanks again and have a blessed, blessed day.